Oh, I had a note here from Frank before we start. Let's see. Don't tell any jokes. You're not good at it. <coughs> uh, make it short. And then the final one. Anyone know what the final one is? Come on. Don't screw up. John, would you put that? Oh, here he's got it up already. <laughs> Anyone know what that is? You got it right. Can you imagine going to your wine store and asking for that? Well, what that is is a goat skin. The legs have been cut off. The tail has been cut off and sealed. The head has been chopped off, and that's where they pour the wine in. Isn't that a tasty sight? But that's how it was in the days of Jesus. In the process of doing this, <clears throat> the wine itself would go into this wineskin, and through different chemicals that were in the, in the uh, grape juice, would start to expand and expand and stretch the uh, wineskin to about its maximum size. And then it would take all the elasticity out of it. So after it's used like that, it can't be used again for anything else because anything else would rupture it. But that, in the days of Jesus, was what people had wine out of. Uh, if you had a taste for wine, you probably lost it in the conversation we just had. <clears throat> so that's what we're going to talk about. Jesus can take something like this, the most disgusting thing, and turn it in to the most wonderful parable. Only Jesus can do that. There are great men in history that wrote, well, Shakespeare for once. There's only one thing I remember of Shakespeare. I had to take this in college uh, in an English lit course, Shakespeare. I hate Shakespeare. <clears throat> uh, well, a lot of reasons for it, but nevertheless, there's only one thing I remember out of the whole class. To be or not to be. Come on. Huh? <laughs> what does that mean? But when Jesus says something, it's not only profound, it's outstanding. 2,000 years later, it's remembered. Why is that? Because it's a word of truth. So, Father in heaven, as we get into the wineskins, I ask, Lord Jesus, that you would pour forth your spirit on hearts, on my heart, on all that are out there, that they might hear the message that Jesus intended 2,000 years ago to teach those that were well, trying to live in their old wineskins. So I thank you and praise you as we go about your business, that you might be glorified. And of course, with that, your children will be blessed. And I pray that in Jesus' name. So can you put up the first scripture there, John? I'd appreciate it. And this is out of Luke, chapter 5, verse 37 and 30 through 39. <clears throat> and no one pours new wine into old wineskins, if he does, the new wine will burst the skins, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. And no one, after drinking old wine, wants the new, for he says the old wine is better, or the old is better. Strange, strange uh, little sentence at the end. But God has always got a purpose when he puts these things up there. Old wineskins... Well, Luke 5.39, if, if you can just put that <clears throat> in Isaiah, it says, 
And no one after drinking the wine wants the new, for they say the old is better. But Isaiah, in chapter 43, 18 through 19, says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing, and now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Even back 450 years or so before Christ, Isaiah was preparing the word, like John the Baptist, preparing a way in the wilderness. And he was bringing forth news, the good news of Jesus Christ. So we've got the old wineskins here. Now I've got a question. Why didn't Jesus come to pour himself into the Old Testament? Why didn't he do that? He bought the Old Testament. This was his word. It's still profound today. In fact, quite honestly, if you're born again, Jesus says, I didn't come to do away with it. I came to fulfill it. The Old Testament in each one of you was fulfilled in the name of Jesus. But why didn't he pour forth into the old? If you think about it, the whole idea of the old was to show what was coming in the days to come. But unfortunately, the Pharisees, the religious, got a hold of these things. And they added so much to it that you wouldn't be able to recognize what the Old Testament really meant. You'd have to recognize what the Pharisees had to say. And there was hundreds and hundreds of things added on to it. Let me give you one in particular. I probably told this once before. If on a Sunday, the Sabbath, you realize you can't work on the Sabbath, a man is walking past the wall and it falls on him. The bricks have covered him completely. What do you do on the Sabbath? You can't pick a brick up. Well, what they had established was you can take enough bricks off to find out if you're a Jew, and if not, you leave them till Monday. <laughs> That's just one of the hundreds of things. Jesus came to do away with that. He didn't come to do away with the Old Testament. He came to do away with all the lies that were told about him, about the additions. What we're talking about here is the Old Testament turned into just another old religion. And Jesus wanted no part of that. Absolutely no part. But nevertheless, you got people there living in their old wineskins. Now, why did he use the wineskins? Because he realizes that's, that's people without Jesus Christ. Old wineskins, <coughs> excuse me, have the ability to take only so much, then they can't take anymore. They can't stretch anymore. When I came to this church six or seven years ago, I hate to say this, but there was a tremendous amount of old wineskins here. And when they start hearing Frank preach, one by one, they couldn't take the new wine. And one by one, they left. And I know a lot of them were our friends. So sorry to see that. But I have to tell you right now, there's some old wineskins still here. That's why Jesus brought this message today. If you feel after you're done, when I'm done, that you feel like maybe he's talking about me as an old wineskin. Well, we're going to communion today. We have a chance, a wonderful chance, a magnificent chance of changing it. So the old wineskin is, in essence, the things of the past. Your life, my life, my life before I knew Jesus Christ. My old wineskin that I lived in, I was perfectly content. I told my sister that. My sister being one of the first ones in my family to be saved, the first one, 
told me after she had talked to Marcia and Marcia was saved, I needed the same thing. This was the old wineskin she was talking to. And the response from the old wineskin was, Rita, I'm perfectly content with the way I am. That's what old wineskin is. Perfectly content to be what I am. You're not going to get to heaven through the Old Testament. That was only a shadow of things to come. So the old wineskins that you may be living in today, as good as they may seem, and it says in Scripture, uh, could you put uh, Isaiah back up in 43? Forget the former things. Do not dwell in the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. We dwell in the past. Why? (laughs) It's comfortable. I'm always concerned for a new Christian coming into a new life. When things get tough, things get down and dirty, rubber hits the road, I'm afraid that they'll go back to the old things. Even we that are Christians and known Christ for so long sometimes have a tendency when things get tough to just kind of touch on the old things. Why? Because they feel comfortable. You know all about the old things. Good, bad, or indifferent, you know how things will wind up. You can steal, and you know if you steal, you'll go to jail. You know all these things. So, bottom line of it is, you're very careful about how you handle the world because you want the world to perceive you as being a religious person, a good person, a person that has integrity and morals. Uh, By the way, those words are lost in the shuffle today. You don't even see those around anymore. But that's what old wineskins does. It's the point that they can't be stretched anymore. And how do you deal with that? Well, it's like the old life. Uh, When you came to Christ, did you bring your old life with you? Did you? No. Why is that? Because it can't fit into the words of Christ. See, the days of the old were gone. Uh, you don't worship Christ in the temple. The Holy Spirit fills your heart. He's in here. It's a new thing. It's new wine. But nevertheless, we can come to church. We can come to this church and be perfectly content in many instances of walking out of here, not changed, not being any different than we were when we came in. Hear the words, yes. But did it stretch you? Did you get rid of that old wineskin? I think of it as a wineskin, this thing here on a rope, dragging it behind, not filled with anything but old wine that's almost used up, but certainly not filled with the Holy Spirit. But that's what an old wineskin is. Dangerous thing. And Christ knew that. That's why he used this little parable to speak such a dynamic message. Get rid of the old wineskin. Now, new wine, Luke 5, 38. New wine must be poured into new wineskins. Reason being, as I talked at the beginning, you can't put new wine, and the fact of the matter is, is the new wine will expand into the wineskin to such a degree that it will explode the wineskin. It can't stretch anymore. See, the day when that wineskin first was poured into, it had all the ability of stretching, but it stretched for the old. And after all the chemicals in it, 
settle down. It took all of the elasticity out of that wineskin. It can't stretch. But the new wine, you can't pour it in there because you'll explode it. Well, where do you pour it? Well, you get a new wineskin. Now, being said and done, new wineskins and new wine sometimes has a sharp taste to it. It isn't like the old mellow, the old mellow wine that went down so smoothly. And then the fact of the matter is it tasted so good. The new wine changes the whole game. Whatever it's bringing to my life, this is brand new. That's why you must be born again. You can't receive uh, new wine into an old wineskin. You can't receive Jesus' word into an old person. The old person being the spiritual person. It won't take it. It won't absorb it. That's why so many people left this church six, seven years ago. Frank changed his direction and saying, this is what we're going to do. The word of God is paramount to anything else. And as a result of that, couldn't take it. So one by one, they walked out the door. And as I said, some good friends, some we still moan and groan over that uh, wish they were still here. If they were still here, they would have been able to absorb the wine. So that new wine has a sharp taste to it. It doesn't taste like the old mellow. It has a taste, but it goes on and on and on. It has a taste that extends itself into your life. Where the old just stays the same. It's always nice to have things staying the same, isn't it? No troubles in life. Everything going smoothly. But, you know, I'm talking a fairy tale here. This isn't the way life is. Well, neither is the new wine. When you have the new wine, it makes demands on your life and my life. I can't be the same person I was before. Or if I am, I'm still drunk with the old wine. I still like the taste of it. That's what Jesus is talking about in verse 539. They still like the old wine. Well, bottom line of it is, it does taste good, but it has no value. It has absolutely no value whatsoever. If you drink water, you're never going to get fat. Just keep drinking water. But keep drinking water, you'll die. See, the point of the whole thing of it is, get out of that old system. Get out of the old thinking. Renew your mind. Transform your mind, not to the world. Being transformed to the word of Jesus Christ. See, we're not really talking about wineskins. Obviously, you know that. (laughs) We're talking about you and me and how we respond to the old and to the new. That's why Jesus put this out there. So as a result of that, he talks in Romans 5.5, 5, if you would put that up, uh, John. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love, his wine, into our hearts, our wineskin, by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. So we find out that you have the old skins, you have the new skins, and then you have the one that pours into it, Jesus himself. If you are born again, and I know many of you are, you have tasted that new wine. 
And it tasted so good that, like Peter said to Jesus, when everyone left Jesus, and he said to Peter, would you leave me too? (laughs) We've all said this. Where would we go? Where would we go? Once we know you, once we've tasted you, where would we go? There's no place else to go. That's what the new wine does. And Jesus is the new wine. And he's looking to pour into everyone today. There isn't anyone here sitting here uh, listening to what I'm saying that doesn't have an opportunity to taste that wine. That's why we're doing communion today. What a wonderful time to bring this parable into communion and finding out that there is new wine available right here at BCC. We sell new wine. (laughs) Amen. This is what we're all about. And Jesus is not only anxious, he'll pour so much, you won't be able to contain it all. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, heart has not felt, but God has prepared for those that love him. That's the new wine. If you haven't tasted it and you haven't tried it, what a wonderful opportunity to try it today. Well, with Jesus being the new wine, um, since we're having communion, I'm going to cut it short. Conclusion. What does this mean to us? Well, if I do have the new wine, the old has to go. And I like some of those things of the old. They tasted good. They felt good. I was comfortable in it. But you know what you were comfortable in? Death. It was like the old frog statement, swimming in that nice lukewarm water until the heat got turned up and you got boiled to death. That's exactly what happens to us when we don't taste the new wine. There is no hope. The new wine, the Old Testament, was never meant to be the end all. There was some writer I was reading. I can't think of his name. I wish I could, but I can't. But he had the most wonderful statement of talking about a giant billboard as we pass down the road on I-90. And there is Coca-Cola. And there is someone with the ice cubes in it and having the glass, pouring it. And the guy says, it's a wonderful, wonderful billboard, but it doesn't quench my thirst. Well, that's what the old does. It doesn't quench your thirst. Anything that comes out of the old wine sack, it'll never quench your thirst. It'll always be looking for more. That's where we get into trouble. That's why this world has got so many cults in it, looking for more and looking in the wrong place. Jesus is the wine giver. Jesus is the one we're going to be partaking of today. There's none like him. There's not ever a taste that even can resemble it. It's the most wonderful thing we could ever take down in our system. Because once we've tasted it, it'll never go away. In fact, you know what it does? makes you hunger for more. I want more of that new wine. All of a sudden, the old doesn't seem to be appealing anymore once you start getting used to the new wine. I want more of it. I'm praying that as we have communion today, this is exactly what you'll be doing. So the conclusion of this is you've got to drink the new wine. You can't leave here the way you come in. You can't leave here with the idea that everything is all right with me. Like I told my sister so many, many, many years ago, I'm perfectly content with the way I am. I was on the road to destruction and didn't know it. Satan had me duped 
had me deceived. My eyes were blinded. But I'm telling you today, the scales can be lifted off the eyes today. Today, today is the day of salvation. Today is a day like no other day. That old black woman I heard preaching coming down to church only a few weeks ago said, there'll never be another day like today. This is the day the Lord has made. Don't let this one escape from you. There'll never be another day. There'll never be another opportunity, maybe. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to drink new wine. Today is the day to get rid of that old wineskin. Can you, can you put that old wineskin back up there, John? <clears throat> you can find it. There we go. Thank you. Can you imagine carrying this thing around with you? Every time you needed to get a drink, you drank where the head used to be. It's, it's, it's really disgusting when you look at this thing. Legs chopped off, tail chopped off, head chopped off. And what do you do with it? Make a wine barrel out of it. I don't think so. But some of you have done this. Some of you are carrying this wineskin. And there's no room for expansion in it. There's no room for the word of God. No room for the truth. Uh, no room to be set free. There just isn't any room in it. If you put anything more into it, it'll burst. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Look at that and say, no thank you. No thank you. I've got something new. It's exactly what Jesus said. I've got something new for you. You don't have to worship goats and send them out into the desert anymore. I am the final sacrifice. You don't have to go to a priest and have him forgive your sins. I am the high priest. Everything you need is here. Talking to my brother this morning, he asked me how I was doing. All is well with my soul. And he said to me, all is well with my soul. And I said back to him, it ain't getting any better. And that is the truth. Well, if I can have the music ministry back up, and there's a, a video that needs to be shown. And God bless you. And I hope that if you have old wineskins, leave them at the door. Amen.